This month, the Delvin Cox Experience has two sponsors. My brother, Kelvin Cox, and also Mike Fowler from the Cousin Cecil Show. Make sure you check out Mike Fowler on twitch.tv slash Cousin Cecil. Also, check out his podcast, The Cousin Cecil Show, anywhere you get podcasts. I mean, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and also YouTube. And last but not least, check out Mike Fowler on Twitter at MikeFowler93. Thank you. To the experience. Welcome to the experience. Welcome to the experience. Welcome to the Delvin Cox Experience, the podcast in which each week I am on a one-man mission to unite our culture through diversity. I'm your host, Delvin Cox, and with me this week I have a special guest. Let him know who you are. This is Local Neighborhood Baby, host of the Stressed, Depressed, and Anxious Podcast. <laughs> Definitely. Welcome to the podcast. Great to have you on. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Awesome. And as always, we'd like to start the podcast off with the five for five. Five questions, five answers to get the ball rolling. Now, what do I call you? Because that's a long day to call you. So what should I call you I as? mean, you know, well, it's up to you. Local neighborhood baby. We could shorten it to baby. <laughs> you know what? You know? <laughs> I'm rolling with the baby then. Uh, are you ready i am ready as i'll ever be awesome all right question number one give me the best album or song you've listened to this past year and it does not have to be new oh my god this past year um best album or song man okay I don't really, okay, I don't really listen to anything new. So I'm going to have to say, and I'm stalling here. <laughs> that is fine. <laughs> I'm going to have to say, uh, okay, fine. I'll, I'll just say something new that I've listened to recently. This is not, I don't think that this is the best all year, um, but it's certainly the best recently. So I've, I started to listen to this band called Dello. Um, and I really enjoyed it. And uh, in particular, a song called Get a Job um, was really great. So yeah, I'll just say that. Okay, I'll check that one out. And I'm going to give one that I'm listening to lately. That Bruno Mars, Anderson Pack song is great. <laughs> yeah, it is good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish I said something cooler. Um, I don't know, because I've been listening, just so everybody knows, I've been listening to a lot of songs, but what I'll do is I'll go to YouTube and just type in a song name and then like do trap remix. So I like to listen to the trap remix version <laughs> of a lot of like my favorite songs. And no, it's so good. Nothing wrong with that at all. Nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah. All right. Question number two. Give me one positive thing about 2020 one positive thing was that i learned that i have an amazing work ethic when i am under an immense amount of pressure 
That is good. Not the pressure, but the work ethic. So I will accept that answer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question number three. Baby, <laughs> this sounds weird saying this. But I know. I I'm, love I'm, it. I love how awkward <laughs> it is. <laughs> I'm, I'm rolling with it, though. I'm rolling with it. Right. Give me the dumbest thing you've done as a kid. The dumbest thing I did as a kid was probably eat paper. Why are you eating paper? I don't know. We would, me and my siblings would just kind of sit around and like sneak off and like just eat paper. Like it was some crime. I don't know why I did it, but it was a dumb thing. So there you go. Were you part pigeon? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, maybe. I mean, I lived in New Jersey. Pigeons were very abundant. So (laughs) maybe I am part pigeon. I don't know. Were you making a, a nest or something out of this paper? Nope, nope, just literally, you know, eating paper, just like a lot of kids eat glue or whatever. Like, my taste was just for paper. Weird kids. Weird. Yeah. All right. Question number four Give me the smartest thing you've done thus far as an adult. Ooh, smartest thing? Start a podcast. (laughs) No. No, um, I don't know. I smartest thing I've done as an adult so far, probably. I don't know how mature we want to go with this answer. You can um, say whatever you want to say. <laughs> See, I mean, this is so awkward because I'm gonna say you can say whatever you want to say, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I making some financial investments could be, I guess, smart. Maybe like um, I started working for a tech company and I learned a lot of things there. And uh, so helping to build um, a customized CRM system was something that I guess was like a smart thing <laughs> that I've done. Um, but yeah, I, I'm going to just go with like the financial investments. Probably okay. is the best. You bought some game stock, stock made a lick. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. All right, final question for the five for five. This is a fun one. You can have as much fun as you want. Walking Dead happens, zombie apocalypse style. Ooh, my favorite. Okay, go. Oh, so we all we all bored with this. Yeah. (laughs) We are at the first season one, episode one. The zombie apocalypse is just happening. You gotta take five things with you to go out in the world to survive. Family and pets do not count. They automatically come with you unless you want to leave for dead. (laughs) (laughs) So what are the five things you are taking with you to survive in the world? Okay, so obviously I need food and water. So some some of that has to come along with me for sure. Okay. Um, I'm going to take something to write with because I feel like that is going to be helpful in some way, shape, or form. I'm definitely going to take with me um, a weapon. Now, my weapon is not going to be a gun because if I'm going to be realistic at this point in time, Although I've shot a gun before, I'm not, I'm no expert. And so I would just be wasting bullets. So I think it wouldn't really be a wise choice for me if I'm being realistic. And I probably have to take some kind of like a machete because I'm better with that. Um, And then. (laughs) That's New Jersey and you're coming out. I'm better with a machete. Um, I need reading material because I'm going to get bored. Like I'll probably just let myself die if I was bored enough. So I'll probably have to bring a book 
just for entertainment. Um, what book are you bringing? I have to ask now. Oh, um, now that's really, really tough. I love books. It's gonna, it's okay. It's gonna have to be something. I don't know. Uh, okay, I'll bring my favorite book, which is River's End by Nora Roberts. Okay. Um, and then last but not least, I think I think that's four. Last but not least, I would have to bring hmm. Um, a change of clothes. I'll go easy. I don't I don't I'm not really thinking of anything good. A change of so, clothes for sure. I feel like um having at least one change of clothes would be important. Uh that I don't have to kind of worry about it uh so soon going into like try to get some clothes or whatever so, so at I least should be like, fashionably acceptable yeah so that you know the zombies you know look at me and they're like you know what i would eat her but she just looks so good so mm-hmm. yeah. not mad at that <laughs> <laughs> so for those who don't know tell us a little bit about yourself about myself Oh, God. Yes. About your podcast, what you do. Okay, yeah, get, let's go not, about the podcast. <laughs> you don't have to start all the way from the beginning of your life when I was born when in this I hospital. Was born. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was born. Well, fun fact, I was born in the back of a two-door sports car because my my um dad was on the way, you know, driving my mom to the hospital. And they didn't make it on time. So I was born, like, right across the street from the, the hospital in front of a McDonald's in the backseat of my uncle's. Uh, two door sports car and it ruined his car. So, <laughs> so fun fact there. Um, I have a podcast. It's called again, stress, depressed, and anxious, and it's a mental health based podcast. I pretty much just go through all of the mental health ailments that I've suffered from in my life and tell stories about how those ailments sort of affect me on a day to day basis. Um, and I also talk about things that have happened in my past, but I try to make it, you know, kind of put a comedic twist on it most of the time. And, and, um, not that I want to make it lighthearted. Sometimes it's heavy, but I just have fun with it. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much what the podcast is about. So what is it like doing a mental health podcast? Because your podcast is very unique in the way where you kind of bear it all in terms of the people who listen may not know your name, but they know your story. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. You, I would say that that's accurate. Yeah. And I think that's a very interesting way to go about it. And I like it. I, I, I like that you share so much on your podcast and you're open. And when you have guests, you get the guests to open up and share. I like the vibe of that. So where did you come up with the idea of doing that for well, first of all, thank you. I'm so glad that you even listened to it. Um, so that's just such an honor in and of itself. But uh, yeah, it's not, I. <laughs> it's not a big deal. It's just Delphi. <laughs> no, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's very true. So um, I, I just, so I didn't have like an idea. Um, really, what I would say about my podcast is that it's like a, it's like a personal diary almost, but I'm just sharing it with people. So when I first started, I had no like inclination to share this podcast with anyone. I was just sort of toying around and I was like, I just wanted to, I don't know, express myself in some way. So I just started talking, like hit record, started talking 
and you know recorded my first episode and a second one and a third one with again no I real idea of what I was doing no real intention to put it anywhere do anything with it at all and it wasn't until about the seventh episode or so where someone sent me a voice message um you know through anchor and you know he said he was all the way from I believe Sweden or something like that and he said that he really related to the episode that he listened to and that he loved it so much and um, pleased to keep making them. And that was when I realized that people were actually even listening to the to what I was putting out. So that was like a significant moment. But from, you know, that time and onward, I realized what sort of impact uh, a podcast could have. And even in knowing that, I didn't feel like you normally in my life, you know, when something could have an impact, I feel a lot of pressure and I probably won't do it. But um, in this case, I was kind of like, well, you know, I was just talking about the things that have happened to me and the things that are happening to me and, you know, what I'm suffering with in terms of mental health. So it's, I'm just going to keep talking about it. I mean, if it has an effect, like that's kind of crazy, but that's cool. So I just started, I kept going on and um, eventually I started to share it. You know, I found the beautiful podcast community that's on social media and things like that and started connecting with more people, which was really cool. And that's just kind of how I sort of got to the where I am right now. Um, I'm just sharing my feelings. That's all it is. Uh, so yeah, it's pretty, it's fun. It's fun to just be able to come on and talk about whatever and share everything because I always feel like, I feel alone in a lot of my feelings. So I just hope that somebody listening maybe doesn't feel as alone, no matter how crazy <laughs> the situation is or how crazy, you know, their thoughts are or whatever. Um, I guess that's kind of like the goal. So it's kind of like therapy for you almost. Yeah, almost, except I'm not lying to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, we got, now, I see, now you don't put up a can of worms. Now I got to ask you this. Have you had therapy? Do you do therapy? I know, I know the answer already, but for I the have, listeners. Yes, I, yes. I, I have been to therapy. <laughs> it's really great um, to, you know, go out and talk to someone about whatever issues you're facing, especially a professional, um, and kind of get that feedback. It's good. But also, there's always like this barrier in a way, in a weird way, because the therapist is still a person and you still don't want to sound as crazy <laughs> as you feel that you're sounding you know what I mean like I censor yeah. myself even with my therapist sometimes and like I'll just not want to say this or not want to say that or pick and choose what information I'm, I want to share because at the end of the day it's kind of human you know what I mean like you you're kind of like a little embarrassed by your feelings sometime or a little bit um I don't know you just kind of guarded with yourself I am personally and so, uh, yeah, there's, I still hold back a little bit, but the fun part is on my podcast, for whatever reason, I feel comfortable and I just share everything. And I guess that's like the really nice part there. Okay. I don't want to get too serious with you right now yet, yet, yet at least, uh -oh. but <laughs> what, what made you feel like, you know what, maybe I need to get some therapy because that's, that's a big step for people. And a lot of people me being a black man, know that in the African-American community, it's not always cheered on when somebody go gets mental health, deal, deal with mental health, and they go get therapy for that mental health. You know, 
Yeah. And so for you to say that, that that's kind of a big deal. So what got you to that point? We say, you know what, maybe I need to get some therapy. It was a big deal. It was absolutely a big deal. First of all, I never had anyone in my family or remotely close to me go to therapy for any reason at all whatsoever. So um, the only examples that I had of therapy and, and everything that it involved was like through television, which we all know that, you know, when you talk about therapist or psychiatrist or whatever, you talk about it synonymously on TV with like, crazy people people who are nuts you know like why do you need to see a shrink like things like that so that's kind of the the jargon that was rolling around in my head um a lot of the time when I thought about therapists and going to therapy and all that stuff and so it was a huge step but the reason why I took it was because my mental health ailments just became debilitating to the point of affecting my day-to-day life I was feeling so much anxiety that it was starting to affect my ability to just be at work, go to work, you know, hang out with friends, things like that. I mean, it was just starting to really have a true effect to where I couldn't live my life as what I would consider normal um, without dealing with these situations. And then, you know, depression getting really bad. So the stakes got raised, basically. The stakes got a lot higher. It was like, okay, it's either you go to therapy or you're probably going to kill yourself. So with that in mind, it was like, okay, well, I guess I'll just go to therapy and try it out. And that's what really made me take that step. Yeah, I think there, like I, like I was saying earlier, and I'm glad that you took that step because we need you here. <laughs> like, you know, so it's always interesting how you don't know how much you need therapy and how important your mental ability to function in life is until you hit kind of rock bottom? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me, it was like, okay, again, it's either you do this or, I mean, there's really no other choice here because as much as I wanted to continue living my life as normal, I'd be like going to work and feeling like I was having a heart attack when in truth it was like, just a an anxiety attack but that's exactly what it feels like when you're having you know an anxiety attack or a panic attack it literally mimics all of the symptoms of a heart attack and so imagine that uncomfortable feeling every single day you just can't kind of shrug it off so when you start to feel that way and I mean I, I went to the emergency room even you know in one of those instances and they're like no actually you're obviously fine um, but you're, you're having it, you had an anxiety attack and I was like, what? Um, so, so having those situations happen and, and having to be so physically uncomfortable, because a lot of the times people don't realize too, that these mental health illnesses affect, you start to affect you physically, especially if you let it build up, like they start to affect you physically. You start to get these like crushing migraines. You start to feel like you're having like a shortness of breath. Like you, like you literally can't function even in a physical way that it got to that point for me. And I just really got to a point where I had no other choice. If I did have another choice, I probably wouldn't have gone to therapy just because it was such a foreign thing to me. But at that point in time, it just felt like it was the only thing that I could do. Let me ask you this. How has therapy helped you cope and deal with your anxiety? 
and things like that. Because I think that's very important that you have gotten up. I feel like this, there's somebody out there who's probably dealing with anxiety and things like that who doesn't want to go to a therapist. I think this conversation may help them. So, Oh, that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> well, if it does, you just blame it on me. yeah exactly it's all delvin's fault whatever happens so um (laughs) so i mean how it's helped me is of course like having that outlet to talk about it because the thing with a lot of these common more common um, mental illnesses like anxiety or depression things like that is that they're all they all have a tendency to make you feel very isolated and to make you isolate yourself as much as you you should be reaching out to people you should be you know if you're depressed like everybody will say like you know why don't you hang out with your friends why don't you talk to your family why don't you you know surround yourself with people who love and care about you and and start to try to reintegrate yourself with things that make you happy but the very nature of these illnesses actually affect your ability to do that and and make you feel very alone and like you have to isolate yourself so it's like a very it's like a battle with yourself and so the the way to combat that because most times when you're suffering from these things people don't understand it first of all especially you know if they've never suffered from it themselves they'll just be like well you seem very sad so why don't you just cheer up (laughs) you know what I mean um so they don't get it. And so anyway, you start to feel very alone, very isolated, and then you're, all of these negative thoughts pile up. So therapy helps in that the person you're going to talk to has an innate understanding of what you are suffering from. So you, right then and there, you feel less alone. You don't feel judged by this person. And that's a huge thing. And you feel like you can actually display your feelings because you don't really want to be around your friends or your family or people who don't understand and be, you know, actually fully displaying how sad you feel or how anxious you feel or depressed you feel because you feel like you're burdening other people because then they're forced to try to want to make you feel better and there's really nothing that they can do. But at therapy and, and with a therapist, you feel that weight sort of lifted off of you because you can show exactly how you're feeling without feeling like you're burdening your therapist. And then, you know, finally, just talking about these things can be very alleviating because when you're alone with your thoughts and your feelings and they're kind of spinning out of control, um, it just, it feels like a crushing weight, like, like a huge burden on you. And being able to talk to somebody without fear of judgment or that they won't understand, it just like is like a weight that just kind of lifts off you a little bit. And the fact that they can also give you good tools, like I've gotten great tools from therapy because they don't, it, a therapist can't necessarily solve all of your mental illness problems. You know what I mean? But they can help you. It's like, it's like almost in the same way that if you break your leg, a doctor is not going to just have a miracle and just like cure your leg. But they can get you in a cast and they can give you a crutch and they can give you pain medication. It's the same exact concept for therapy. And that's what I've gotten out of it. It's it's not that they've cured any of my ailments. It's that they've taught me great ways to cope with it, how to deal with it, um, and how to rechannel, you know, my thoughts when they're spinning out of control. So yeah, that's that's what I've gotten out of going to therapy. Okay, baby. 
It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> let, let me ask you this. <laughs> um, this is a simple question, but I think it's an important question because I, th- I don't think a lot of people know how to do this. How did you go about finding the right therapist for yourself? Oh, great question. So it's trial and error. It was definitely trial and error. When I first went to therapy, I was actually in college. I was at Boston University and, uh, you know, the school had a therapist, a counselor, I should say. I have to say something. Go ahead. Boston University and you're from New Jersey? Yes, I am. I lived a lot of places. No, no, no. (laughs) That doesn't even seem like it matches. Yeah. Boston fans and New York fans do not get along whatsoever. <laughs> I mean, I'm a Patriots fan. I, it's pure blasphemy. I mean, am I oh fellow my New Jerseyans <laughs> listening? New Yorkers. Yeah, I mean, and I also like the Giants, but I, I do so, always side with the Patriots. When Tom Brady was there now, I mean, I still feel a, a closeness to my Patriots, but, you know. Something's should, a little broken there. Tom they is should missing. throw you out of New Jersey for that comment. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I'm not ashamed to say it. It's true. I don't know. They sucked me in those those Red Sox and Patriots and yeah, everything. Um, <laughs> you can continue now with this, this conversation. <laughs> You'll never find me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I went. I went to the counselor first, you know, I was battling a lot of depression, things like that. So I went to the college counselor and although like it was nice to to talk to the counselor, I didn't really feel that connection, you know, there. Um, when I branched out of talking to the school counselor and started talking to like a professional, I went to, and I guess this is a little controversial if you will. I don't know. Um, I went to two or three different therapists, male therapists. And what I found with the male uh, therapist or psychiatrist or whatever was that they were very solution-based. They were like, I'm talking to them. Like I'm telling them like, this is how I'm feeling. And they're like trying to find a solution to the problem. Like, okay, so this is how you're feeling. So I, I want you to do this. I want you to do that. And it's like, you're trying to solve this problem that's not really going to solve itself in that okay. way. And I didn't want, you know, necessarily want a, a, a bandaid. I well, wanted to well, make- let me ask this. Go ahead. Since you talk about it. Was there a solution? Hey, just take these meds and you'll feel better. Well, I mean, yes, in some way. Yeah. I mean, they did offer medication, but I, I wouldn't like make it exclusive to them because a lot of psychiatrists offer medication. But I think like beyond that, it was just like, okay, let me try to give an example. Like, all right, I've been feeling depressed. Okay, well, what you could do is get a Apple Watch and start walking. You can track how much you walk. And in walking, a lot of times I found that it clears your mind and it can be very alleviating for if you're feeling sad, you know, to get the vitamin D and things like that. So try doing that for the next 30 days and we'll, you know, continue talking and we'll see if that kind of alle- alleviates some of those feelings. Like stuff Does like that. Does know how much an Apple Watch costs? We told them get an Apple Watch. Right. <laughs> I'm pretty <laughs> sure you said any watch to be fair, but that's where my mind went. Um, <laughs> but 
but it was stuff like that. It was like, dude, like I get it. I live in a city. I walk all the time. If it was just that simple, like I wouldn't even be sitting in front of you. You know what I mean? But it's not that they didn't know what they were doing. And it's not that that doesn't work for some people. It's just that I found that solution-based therapy doesn't work for me. And it doesn't even work for me in any context. If I'm telling you something normally, because I don't like to complain, but if I'm talking to someone about a problem, I don't want the solution. I probably already know the solution. I'm just venting. I'm just talking to you about the problem. So <laughs> it's, it's that kind of thing that just didn't work for me. When I went to uh, the first female therapist that I went to, it was, I, I connected a little bit better and in that, at that time, because that was the first time where I felt like I was talking about things that I'd gone through. And it was a person sitting across from me who just seemed to understand where I was coming from, was insightful, wasn't trying to resolve my problem, but was just hearing me out. And that felt really nice at the time. And in any case, I think that, you know, in the, at the end of the day, for whoever's listening, you have to find somebody who you gel with, somebody who, because you're going to be having these deep introspective conversations, um, very revealing conversations with your therapist. And if you don't feel a genuine connection with your therapist, you won't be able to really open up in that way. You won't trust them. You won't be able to open up. You won't feel comfortable. It won't work out. You have to find somebody that you feel, you know, that connection with. I mean, you feel comfortable with, you know, and once you find that, it's a lot easier to go through the process. So sometimes it's trial and error. um, But once you find a a good therapist, then, I mean, you stick with them. It's great. Damn, it almost feel like you found a boyfriend or a girlfriend or something. (laughs) Almost, right? But this is even even deeper than that in some ways, because there's some things that you might not say to your boyfriend or girlfriend, but to your therapist, absolutely. You know what I mean? (laughs) So it's it's just, it's like instinctive in a way. Um, And it's like, I would say it's almost like a primary care doctor in that once you find a therapist that you connect with, you know, and you start going regularly, that person knows you, understands your habits, understands how you, you're living your life and sees a pattern in your behavior. And the more you go and the longer you go, the better that it is because they understand the intricacies of you. They can see like the kind of person you are and what kind of life you're leading and they can offer you more insightful, you know, opinions or, 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 you know, whatever you want to call it more insight and more um, help because they understand you, right? If the first time you're meeting someone, they don't know everything. They don't know your history. They have to ask you all these questions. So it takes a little bit of time beyond that first session, you know, to really get to the, the root of who you are and how to help you. That makes sense. That makes sense. So since you've been doing this, one, has it helped you a lot? And two, have you come to terms with the person you are today dealing with all these anxiety, depression, and things that you deal with on a normal everyday basis? Um, what, does it make me feel better in terms of podcasting or going to therapy? In, in general, both. Okay. See, I, I, see, I am getting to the brass tacks of everything right now. <laughs> 
I'm like a I'm like a podcast therapist this episode. <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> well, therapy, yes. I mean, you know, it's good. It, it, I haven't been actually to a physical session um, in over a year because of COVID and everything else. So it's not really quite the same. But I, if I'm talking overall, my experience with therapy, um, it definitely has helped. It's helped to know that I have this resource. Just knowing that I have this resource is helped tremendously because it's like, it's like knowing that you're sick, but you don't have a hospital to go to. That's a different sort of feeling, you know, and it's the same feeling that you would get, you know, if you're battling severe anxiety or depression and you don't actually have that therapist resource to go to, it's kind of like you're in no man's land. So even having that resource there is, is amazing. And it, it makes me feel a bit more comforted. It definitely helps me. It's definitely helped me to explore like the reasons why I feel the way that I feel and understanding my feelings better and, and having, you know, tools to, I guess, help me combat when I'm really feeling down um, and knowing the signs of when I'm starting to, to feel a certain type of way. So that's helped. Podcasting has helped too. Um, I love the podcast community. I think it's a great community. I love sharing my feelings with everyone. It makes me feel a sense of like purpose in a way because I just want to be to my listeners what I wish that I had, which is somebody who makes me feel as if like, okay, wow, like I'm not alone in thinking that thought or like, you know, an experience that I've had or whatever it might be. I feel a little less alone listening. So that being able to provide that to anyone is just really rewarding. And I, first of all, enjoy doing it. It's fun. So yeah, that's, that's been absolutely great. Okay. Switching it up a little bit. I have to ask this question. How did you come up with the name local neighborhood baby? I mean, to be quite honest, it's exactly what I am. You know, like I. <laughs> now, me being from the hood and I hear local neighborhood baby, I get a certain vibe from that. Tell me the vibe. <laughs> Just usually when, like, okay, I live in Miami. When you hear somebody calling us, when you hear a guy calling somebody a baby, usually a hot girl in, in like the beautiful sense from the neighborhood. It's really basic. It's not untrue. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I will say that, you know, it's more in line with like who I am as a person, which is that I feel in a lot of ways that I've never truly grown up. Um, everybody calls me like everybody in my family thinks that because like, it's like I feel like I'm almost like a grown up little baby in a way. Like I okay. look like an adult, I am an adult, I conduct my life as an adult. However, on the inside, I'm just a baby. And um, there's so much that like the way that I see the world and the way that I approach the world is just I feel that vulnerable to a lot of things in a sense. And so I just think that it's very fitting. <laughs> and um, yeah, I'm just a local neighborhood baby. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. So let me ask you about your podcast a little bit more. Okay. What is the most 
fun you've had recording an episode. You don't say you don't necessarily say the guest because I don't want any guest to feel slighted or anything like that. What's the most? No, fun I'm you've saying had? the guest. I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, the most fun that I've had. I mean, honestly, any episode where I can just like laugh about something very serious is fun for me. Um. It doesn't even matter if like if I'm doing the episode by myself or if I'm doing the episode with a guest. I just think that overall, being able to talk about something very serious that I'm going through or that has happened to me or whatever the case may be, it could be anything from like suicide, suicidal thoughts, death, um, you know, really sad situations, really messed up situations. It doesn't really matter. But if there's a like a piece of like sort of humor that I can find in that um it's something to laugh about I just think that's very it's always fun in that way I don't know I almost feel like it's also shocking to a lot of people but, <laughs> but it's but it's for me it's like fun you know it's a it's it makes the episode a lot more fun if I can find the humor in something and express that too because people don't necessarily I feel like people operate within this box like you know what I mean like you're talking about someone that just died just for example, you talk about somebody that just died and people have this sense of reverence, of course, and, and sadness, but they might be thinking something funny, but they won't say it because they feel like that situation doesn't merit it, right? So you just keep it to yourself. But it, I kind of think that there's something beautiful about that. And I like sharing those things because most other people don't. So again, it's just another way to say to a listener, like, look, you're not alone if you were also thinking <laughs> thinking this too. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. So yeah. Okay, baby. <laughs> I, 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 I have to give you some props on something. You do your podcast by yourself as well with guests. And from my experience doing podcasting, there are not many people who do a good job at that. You do very well at both. Oh, stop. <laughs> I, I am being honest. And I always kind of, anytime I talk to a guest who does like a solo podcast, I always mention my boy, Baylor the Great, who also does a solo podcast. And he does great. And you kind of have that type of feel to your podcast in terms of you feel like you're talking to an audience of one and us. So you keep us engaged in the conversation when you're talking and telling your stories and telling us how you feel and things like that. And I think that's a very good quality to have as a podcast. Oh, well, I don't even know what to say except for thank you. And I'm glad that you think that it's not a train wreck. So that's, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> also, you have a good mic. And that oh, is something you. that is a rarity in podcasts. Well, look, don't listen to my earlier episodes <laughs> because that was not the case. So, yeah. <laughs> so how, how long have you been podcasting so far? So far, um, I'm just going to scroll through because I think that my um, podcast started back in 2019, if you'll believe it. Um, but again, like I was very when I started when I first started out. It wasn't until this year that I was that I even had like a regular upload schedule. Yeah. So my first episode was May 29th, 2019. Okay. And I would record in my next episode that I recorded, like the first one was May 29th, 2019. 
And the second one was September 29th, 2019. Just to show you the inconsistency there so you at the very like beginning. A, like a four-month consistency rate. <laughs> like, right, right. <laughs> every four months, you're going to get a podcast. <laughs> yeah, and again, at that time, I wasn't recording it for anyone, to my knowledge. I was just literally pressing record and just, you know, talking. So I, at first, my podcast was like, you get it like one month and then six months later, maybe, you know, <laughs> so it wasn't a true, a, uh, I don't know. It wasn't really like a true, uh, I guess you could say podcast that had the audience fully in mind. But once that started, um, I would say that was last year, you know, um, when I started to really, you know, sort of think about it with an audience in mind and, um, and then I started to record on a regular basis. And then I started to, you know, kind of move into having a schedule. So I, now I drop episodes every week, every Monday. Um, and that's been a lot of fun too. So yeah, so I've been around since 2019, but I don't think you could really count me as part of the scene until about last year. <laughs> so let me ask you this. I think this is interesting and important. You're one of the smart people in podcasting. Who doesn't put your name out there like idiots like me? <laughs> so what made you get the idea? Like, I'm gonna, you know what? I'm going to call myself Local Neighborhood Baby on my podcast. These fools can't look me up or nothing like that. I mean, <laughs> and you, first of all, you're not an idiot. And no podcaster <laughs> who, you know, puts their name out there, I feel is an idiot because I think that they're truly able to stand behind what they're saying. You know, like you, oh. this is, you know, every word you're like, okay, this is me. This is Delvin. but. For me, I just felt that I didn't want what I was saying to be marred in any way by any sort of like stereotype that you could have about a person, first of all. Um, second, I also felt that it gives me more freedom to share whatever I wanted to share. Because when I talk about things like things that happened to me in my life, right, like things that happen at work or things that happen in a different place, like me not putting my name out there <laughs> makes me feel more comfortable to talk about those things because I feel like, okay, well then, you know, nobody will feel as if like, okay, wow, she said this about me or I found this or like whatever the case may be, like there's not going to be anyone that's going to be hurt or offended by something that I'm sharing on my podcast because I'm not really putting a name, you know, an, an actual real name to my podcast. So it gives me more, if I did, I wouldn't share so much, basically. I'd be more like inclined to hold certain things back. But this is for me, like better for me and better for the audience, because now I feel that I can share almost everything, if not everything on on the podcast at any time. And I never Smart use move. people's names, but still, you know. Smart move. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you this, because you I saw it all over the Internet, the Twitters. You're doing this podcasting roasting thing. Tell me a little bit about that for those who don't know. Oh, thank you for mentioning it. Um, yes, there is going to hopefully be a roast battle, a podcast roast battle. So um, just to give a little bit of history last year, you know, maybe like a day or two before the new year, I was on Twitter and I realized like, yeah, everybody's sort of talking about staying inside because. Nobody was going to go out to party. Obviously, we were in the thick of COVID and everything else. So I was like, well, 
how can we celebrate? I mean, this is a beautiful podcast community. Everybody has like all these amazing podcasts that they were doing. And what I decided to do was I just jumped on Twitter and I was like, look, I'm just going to do an impromptu award show on Twitter and I'm going to call it Twipods. And basically I just named 15 categories of basically genres of podcasts, like a paranormal podcast or comedy podcast or mental health podcast, whatever. And I said, you know, start nominating your favorite ones from each category. And shockingly, that got shared everywhere. Everybody started nominating their favorite in each category. And then the top three, I was like, look, we'll do a poll for the top three. And it came together in an insane amount of like time because I started, I reached out to sponsors for prizes because I thought people should get awards. And we got three sponsors just like randomly, you know, through just emailing. I'm like, do you want to participate in this? They're like, sure. So basically it was like an impromptu Twitter award show. Everyone uh, who was no- nominated and then top three, you know, were voted on and we had winners and all these different things. So we're going to do the same thing um, at the end of this year, but it's actually going to be a YouTube show and it's going to be like the Oscars, but for podcasts, indie podcasts. So I decided that every month, bef- like from starting this month until the end of the year, I'll try to focus on a, a certain genre of podcast. So this month was going to be comedy. And in that spirit, I decided why not, you know, roast, <laughs> do a roast because that's always fun. Um, the first episode of any podcast is usually a little more cringy. I know mine is like cringy to listen to because like you didn't really fully know what you were doing. And it was like, oh, <laughs> you know, when you listen back now, most people are just kind of cringing at it. So I thought it would be fun for people to roast each other's first podcast episode. And we'll be doing like a live stream event. You know, it'll be out of Zoom, but it'll be live streamed through Facebook, um, YouTube, uh, all kinds of places, Twitch. And it'll be like a Comedy Central roast, but it'll be podcasters <laughs> roasting each other. Um, so that's that should be fun. It's going to take place on the 27th. It's actually going to be at five, starting 5 p.m. Eastern. And podcast, uh, we're going to ask them to record some commercials for their any other genre of podcast. You can record a commercial, which will play, you know, intermittently through the, <laughs> through the live event. And it, it won't be like a, just a normal trailer for your podcast. It has to be like like a skit almost that you record. So it should be like a fun little thing to show as a commercial as well. Um, but yeah, hopefully the event is great and people have fun. And if somebody cries, I mean, I'll be happy. That'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the perfect way to end this episode. You've yeah. been awesome. <laughs> Let them know where to find you at, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can find me on any of your favorite listening platforms. I'm on Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you like to listen. Um, You can follow me on Twitter at SD underscore anxious. That is S as in stress, D as in depressed, underscore anxious on Twitter, and just SD anxious on Instagram. And I also have a website for the podcast. It's stressdepressedanxious.com. And there you'll also get all the links to wherever you want to listen and the blog post and every episode. Um, so yeah, if you just go to the website, it's a lot easier as well. So make sure you go holler at your local baby. Yep. 
Oh my God. Thank you so much for having me on, Delvin. This has been so much fun. You're welcome. And as always, Delvin Cox Experience, we are out. Peace. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Delvin Cox Experience. If you like this content, go on patreon.com slash Delvin Cox Experience. There, we have exclusive shows such as I'm the Podcaster, He's the DJ, and Fire Brigade, and we have tons of other content. Also, I'd like to give a special shout-out to our Patreon producers, Tony Aaron II from Mystery Dinner Productions, as well as Ben Goodwin, a.k.a. Ghost Rider UK. Thank you. Peace.